um, you know, Instagram is perfect, you know, um, meaning you can't, I mean, I, I would say to, you know, my younger 21, 22-year-old self, thank goodness that we didn't have social media back then because um, it does, you know, you feel like you live on a stage um, nonstop. Um, and so there is really very little room for failure, um, which is kind of sad because I think, you know, in your early 20s, you're supposed to fail um, not a lot, but you're supposed to fail some. And um, if you kind of close that window for failure, um, then, you know, it's in terms of like, well, what if I try this new thing or this new relationship? Um, you know, like, how does that, you know, how do, how do we press in and go, this may not end well, but I'm going to go for it. Um, and then if you, you fail, you're, you know, all of your failures are public knowledge. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you, you can do the same. Let's get rolling. Today on The Kindling Fire, I have the privilege of having Corey Smith on the show. Thanks for joining, Corey. No problem. So Corey is the founder of Training Ground. That is a unique a discipleship program. I'm going to let him explain it a little bit more in depth, but it really has been working with guys in their late teens and in 20s based out of Colorado. Where, where exactly are you in Colorado? Uh, we're in Colorado Springs, and we also have a campus in uh, Sarasota, Florida. Awesome. So, so by introduction, give us a little bit more about uh, yourself as well as sort of your heart for, for training ground. Sure, sure. We uh, we started uh, training ground about twelve years ago, and uh, me and a, a good friend, um, you know, we're kind of uh, fresh out of college, um, had recently gotten married, and both had moved, both had moved from the southeast um, uh, to Colorado, kind of on our own, uh, kind of making our journeys west and. Um, we just started to realize kind of, we, we both had been involved in college ministries and, you know, if anybody would have looked at our college careers, they would have thought, well, yeah, like, man, you guys are ready for the real world. But I um, had quickly realized after we got married and gotten mortgages and all of those kind of things as you do as you're kind of growing up that we were really uh, deficient in some areas of even how to how to kind of lead a wife, how to, uh, you know, work with personal finances. And then uh, the overreaching, all of it was our faith. Like how did our, how did the faith of our college years translate to the real world? And um, we spent a couple of years kind of just praying through and thinking about, um, you know, what could we have used coming out of college to really kind of prepare us um, to make those transitions. Um, and, and that's really kind of the, you know, the bedrock of what we 
had started to put together in, in 2006. And, um, you know, it was really kind of a blank canvas for us. We, we really wanted it to be um, a variety of experiences that kind of drew young men into be, you know, to, to gain confidence in themselves, to gain confidence in their faith, um, and to be able to take on kind of the challenges of the real world. Uh, and so that was kind of, that was our momentum um, and our motivation, um, you know, in 2006. Well, what kind of experiences, um, give us some examples of some experiences that you guys have, have kind of integrated into training ground through the years. Sure. You know, kind of our, our main three kind of pillars are work, wilderness, and worship. And, um, you know, even with our crew, our guys that come through, just we just graduated a class a couple of weeks ago here in Colorado. Um, those guys work a 40-hour work week, get a paycheck. Um, they do the same thing in Sarasota, Florida. But feeling like a young man really needs to engage kind of the, the tension, the challenge of, of work um, and, and kind of, you know, wrestle that out in his faith. Um, and so that's a big piece of it. Um, the wilderness piece, um, we feel like is a, a crucial part of a man's development. And, you know, obviously here we have the Rocky Mountains in Colorado and in Florida they do trips. Uh, every, they do trips to the Florida Keys um, and obviously local there on uh, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. And so there's a lot of wilderness opportunities in both. Um, and then lastly, worship is uh, kind of the overreaching guys have teaching every night um, except Friday night in Colorado. And it's a little bit um, – the, the Florida is a gap year program, so they run it just like the school year. And in Colorado, it's just a summer program, which is about 12 weeks long. But in the Colorado session, um, they have teaching every night, everything from Bible study to, you know, people coming in to teach about calling or the heart of a woman or, uh, you know, we even have, um, you know, special classroom times to teach guys how to fly fish. And um, so there's, it's a wide variety. I mean, in, in 12 weeks, guys probably hear you know, close to somewhere 35 to 40 different topics, um, all taught by different people, volunteers in the local area. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of that in, the, in, in kind of the core of what we want to offer with Training Ground is that uh, we use the word evaluated experience. And so whether it's um, in the wilderness, whether it's in work, whether it's in relationship, because all the guys live in the same house together, um, if it's a relationship with a mentor, all of those um, – we really want to be able to, for guys to experience things and then come back and process, go out and experience things and come back and process. Um, so that's a lot of what we focus on, definitely uh, in both programs. Those are some of the key elements that kind of make the machine go. So one of the areas that I am super interested in is you've been at discipling and reaching young men in this unique way for 12 years. And, and so what I'm interested in is if you've seen any change in young men across those 12 years, meaning the men that the, the, the young men you were working with 12 years ago and the young men you're working with now, there, there is a difference. If, if not, that's fine, but I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I'd say, um, I mean, from a, from a 10,000 foot view, people understand the style of discipleship more now than they did 12 years ago. Um, and I think some of that is a little bit of the movement in how culture has uh, changed young men. Um, 
And you know, one of the main places that we see it is um, guys are more hungry for, and you can use your own language, but I know you'll understand this, is that they want, they want the authentic, genuine, real deal. Like they, um, whatever that means, they want their faith to be authentic and tangible. Um, you know, they, there's, there's more conversations about, um, instead of just going and getting a job out of college, they, you know, if there's more conversations about, well, what do you want to do? Or what, you know, language like, what do you feel called to do? What do you, what, what's your desire? How are you, you know, how are you, um, uh, you know, what are your, what's your gift set? You know, those are all uh, more of a common language than they were 12 years ago, um, which is good. Um, but it's also, um, you know, we, we, we like to kind of say that there's a difference between transparency and vulnerability, um, meaning that anyone can kind of be transparent, but to be vulnerable and emotionally present with your own story and, uh, with the ways that, you know, your past has, you know, changed you. Now, that's a whole other that, – that's always been a challenge, and I think that's just humanity in general, you know, for us to be emotionally close to the places that we have pain and then the places that we've been hurt. Um, those are the hardest parts to share um, and to kind of press into. So, you know, I – you know, there, there are probably, you know, I, I, we get guys every summer and every fall, um, you know, that, that share that common language that they are looking for, whether it's real relationships with other guys their own age or mentors or even women. They want authentic relationships with women, um, and they may not even know how to get there, but they do have that desire. And I would say that that is probably one of the main things that's changed over the years, um, is that we kind of get guys that are a little, we don't necessarily have to introduce them to their desires. They're kind of already there. So that's, that's a good change. So, uh, so what would you say about, uh, you know, something that, that young men are dealing with, like from, from, uh, like if there's a trend of things that are, that they're dealing with now that you're noticing, Mm -hmm. uh, themes Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, I, I remember, um, couple months ago, I think uh, Eldridge did a a podcast series on, you know, lies that that millennials are believing, you know, anything in that kind of space where just there's some trends right now of things that are that are out there that they're having to tackle. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, two things quickly come to mind. Um, You know, one is I really think uh, all of our guys are trying to figure out their relationships with their parents and it's the time you know to figure out well you know how do we come out from mom and dad's covering to kind of press into real life challenge and um and so i i actually feel like which is really interesting that those relationships are becoming uh more challenged meaning um we have more and more um we have to spend more and more time with guys trying to understand how how to respect their parents, but also how to kind of cut the cord a little bit. Um, I feel like that trend is starting, you know, has continued to increase, meaning, and I don't know if it's kind of like people would say that you extended adolescence or, you know, whatever kind of cultural um, themes you would want to put on it, but um, it's definitely, I mean, even now, like it, this is a great season for us to think about parental relationships because all of our guys have graduated this summer and they're heading back their hometowns and some make a decision to say i think i'm just going to stay in colorado because it's time for me to kind of you know leave the nest and kind of get my own set of wings 
in a beautiful way um, because uh, it's always an interesting thing because we it feels like we coach both sides, like we coach parents and then we coach the young men of kind of, okay, we know this is going to be tension and, you know, there's a possibility that feelings could get hurt and, you know, parents are learning how to change their relationship as parents. Um, and so it's really uh, – it, it can get messy at times, but it's definitely – a very needed process for young men um, to really kind of go, I can take on, you know, what the Lord has for me in the future. Um, you know, building on the foundation of what my parents have invested in me, uh, but being able to also kind of shoulder some things on their own um, with new communities and new churches. And, and um, so that's, that's kind of, <laughs> that's, that's a real, uh, yeah, we're kind of in the middle of it now, so it's pretty fresh. But yeah, um, yeah. it's definitely you know a piece. And um, and I would say another trend is, um, which is super interesting because um, you know we live in a generation now, as opposed I feel like than we did 20 years ago, where um, we were always looking kind of not that we're looking for formula, not looking for formulas now, but when we were 20 years ago, you just kind of got out of college and you got married and you kind of got a job and you kind of just got in the cycle and somewhere within the last 10 to 15, you know, it's, you know, we have come across, you know, more, uh, you know, occupations and callings that feel like, well, yeah, just go do what you, you know, want to do or, um, or go out there and risk and challenge, you know, go out and build your own business or, um, but what we've started to understand is that like, we, we actually think that, uh, young men are risking less. Hmm. Um, and, uh, we're not really, I mean, some of that may be just because I mean, we're, we're part of that, you know, I feel like, you know, alongside parents, like we're the ones kind of, kind of pushing them out into the real world and trying to train them up as much as we possibly can. But, um, you know, I think, uh, for some odd reason, and, uh, you know, it, it's really been something we've wrestled with as an organization is trying to figure out, um, how to instill more confidence in young men, um, that they're not on their own, that they can go out and, you know, do something different for a year or two and just just commit yourself, you know, to certain seasons in your life. Um, and that has been somewhat of a challenge where, you know, guys are kind of like, well, I'll just choose the safe route. And really, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, discussions for us kind of center around just giving them permission to be like, hey, go, go. you know, like for we have a guy that's like, hey, stay in Colorado, get a job, you can stay at the training ground house. We'll do some kind of, you know, a different kind of style of discipleship. It'll be more you kind of getting out of the nest. And, like, even that is the risk. The risk of not going home is um, or the risk of not choosing what's safe is um, a very interesting road that we, you know, kind of have to challenge with guys. So um, I would say that, you know, for those in terms of just parent relationships and uh, risking less, um, those are definitely some, you know, trending themes I see with the guys that we work with. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I have a lot of conversations uh, with lots of folks on this podcast, and I recall one of them that said, you know, there is this weird uh, tension with millennials where you've got sort of this view of millennials of being kind of wide open and, and out there, whereas the fear has increased in that generation and translating into they are taking less risk. And I'm right. and I'm yeah. very I'm very curious if it has to do with how uh, I guess the word is an invasive, 
Like the idea that um, that you were always on camera, there is not really an opportunity yeah, yeah. for you to kind That's of true. process and look awkward or be awkward, you know, for a period of time. That it's there's always sort of this like reality television show and everybody's watching kind <laughs> yeah. of thing always on you, which would make somebody not want to risk. They don't want to look like a fool. They don't want to fail publicly. And so they kind of, right. you know, want to look, always want to look the part when in fact they could be selling out the very, you know, treasure that God wants to bring through their life because they want to look right <laughs> or look. Cool. Right. That's a great point. Total great point. Um, you know, Instagram is perfect, you know, um, meaning you can't, I mean, I, I would say to, you know, my younger 21, 22 year old self, thank goodness that we didn't have social media back then. Um, cause it does, you know, you feel like you live on a stage, um, nonstop. Um, and so there is really very little room for failure. Um, which is kind of sad because I think, you know, in your early twenties, you're supposed to fail, um, not a lot, but you're supposed to fail some and, um, if you kind of close that window for failure, um, then, you know, it's in terms of like, well, what if I try this new thing or this new relationship? Um, you know, like how does that, you know, how do, how do we press in and go, this may not end well, but I'm going to go for it. Um, and then if you, you fail your, you know, all of your failures are public knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a tough way to live, for sure. And, um, I mean, I think it does squelch kind of uh, the, the purpose of that season, I think, for a young man mm. um, in some ways. And, um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, I, and, yeah, I, I think the, the risk factor, I mean, that, yeah, we, we like to say yes more than we like to say no to young men. Um you know, I think Eldridge even, you know, had tapped into it a little bit when he had talked about giving his boys more permission than not. Yeah. Um, I think it's in the same vein. The same vein with that, um, you know, is really kind of saying, like, yeah, just go for it. Like, we, yeah. if you fall, we're here. Your parents are there. You know, your brothers are here. Like, um, really just kind of giving them green lights. Yeah, and I th- go try out life. Yeah, and as young, young men, they don't, they don't have that perspective. Like I've got a perspective of an outsider looking in, right? Uh, when I was sure. in my twenties, there was no camera on me and I was doing crazy things. And when I came back <laughs> a year later, um, I showed the pictures that I wanted to show and had the adventures I had, but there was not this real time. Is this good? Is this bad? I think this is cool. I think you're stupid. You know, all this constant sort of constant, uh, you know, the peanut gallery feedback of these people that don't really care about you constantly giving, uh, you know, sort of their, you know, two seconds of evaluation of whatever the hell you're doing. Um, right. Uh, yeah. So it's, and it is, it is, it is a sad thing. I think, um, in the sense that we're giving power to people that we probably shouldn't trust. That, that is power a good to. way to point. Yeah. That's really good. You know, like we're, we're giving people that really have not earned the right in our lot to speak mm-hmm. into our lives to speak into our lives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a sad deal. I mean, we, we do actually kind of, um, try to limit, I mean, especially in our programs, we try to limit some type yeah. of social media kind of, um, 
you know, we have times that, you know, technology is obviously an asset, but also um, it can be a liability. So yeah, it's uh, the broad versus the narrow. Is kind of what I'm thinking. Right. It's like you give the broad audience. Uh, the right to have an opinion about what you're doing and, and for that to affect you versus what I would consider a more biblical model is the narrow, the, the few friends, mm-hmm. the few mentors, the few people that matter, and they are, the, they are the ones that you are able to live in community with, whereas sort of the, what the, the world is offering is, hey, I'll give you 10,000 opinions, right, of what right. is good and bad, and that is what you really want when in fact – that is absolutely not what you want, and it is the worst thing for you right. as you as you're trying to navigate and become your best self. Whereas the few, the few friends, right, uh, and mentors. Right. Anyway, a very interesting dynamic. Sure. Okay, so let's let's talk about another topic, and that is um, why, in your opinion, do you think that it is difficult for younger men and older men to connect in this sort of uh, reciprocal mentoring, mutually beneficial relationships. They tend to, in my view, kind of run in separate lanes. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that you uh, said mutually beneficial. Um, and I think, and that, I mean, I'm not that I'm surprised that you said it, but that's <laughs> not the no, that's not, it's not the normal part of the conversation, let's say that. Yeah. Um, we, we usually say, oh, well, the young men need mentoring. So the older men have all this to give, right? Um, they're the ones with the wisdom, the experience, the knowledge, yada, yada, yada. But um, I love, um, I mean, we use the word symbiotic, um, where, um, you know, a quick story to kind of intro a little bit of this. The um, When we did our first program, we started in 06, we did our first program in 07. Um, we have kind of a graduation ceremony at the end of the time. and. Um, and all the guides we call we call our older mentor guides. Um, even if you teach, even if you if you're not fly fishing, a fly fishing guide, um, it's just kind of a category that we've created for all of our kind of older seasoned mentors. And um, all the guides come. Um, it's a real kind of. I mean, it is a ceremony. I mean, there's there's gifts and words and tears and feet washing and all of that. Um, and usually goes, you know, uh, a longer than usual time because it's just a really intimate time between older guides kind of sharing wisdom and um, kind of bestowing identity and um, those certain things. And uh, the first time we did it uh, in 07, um, me and uh, my buddy Zan, who was, we, we started training ground, we, we were like, I think we left the house like it midnight and before you knew it um there was like a little group of older men that kind of followed us to our car and you know we turned around and they were like well when's the next group of guys coming um and we're like oh wow like we thought you know we thought that we had been a part of creating a um a ministry you know focused on the growth of young men and um but solar started to realize that we had also um stumbled into a place where you know, older men and women needed a place to give their lives away. Mm. Um, and even now, what's what's so fun? I mean, they, the relationships between the participants and the guides continues. I mean, there are um, we've got a kind of a alumni slash fundraising event happening at the end of September, um, and our guides have and our past participants have already started to reach out to each other because they're all going to end up in Colorado Springs in the end of September and. 
those relationships continue, um, which is really super great. Um, and then you're right, it's not a one-way streak. Um, the, uh, um, the young men are not the only ones that receive from that relationship. Um, you know, older men, they really do find kind of purpose and, you know, vision where, you know, I think, you know, we run into guys all the time that kind of, you know, retire and they've done an incredible job in the business world or whatever context they, you know, kind of found their work in and they kind of hit cruise control and they're like, ah, uh, I'm good. But those are the guys, you know, and the women that we want to be a part of these young men's lives. Um, so it's really kind of this, um, the mutually beneficial uh, piece is super, super important. And, um, and, and you know, to, to your question about, you know, kind of what, you know, what are the challenges between those relationships? And um, I, I think, you know, for us, we as an organization, we really want to demystify that relationship because I think both of them kind of feels like, you know, it feels like a first date when you get young men and older men together because they're both looking at each other going, who's going to make the first move? Um, and that's it's a hard, right? It's like the, the tension is like, well, the older man should know what he's doing, right? Because he's older and he should make the first move. But the younger man is, you know, like, he know, you know, the younger man or the older man can say to the younger man, well, the younger man knows what he needs, so he should just ask me for it. And so it's like this, this kind of like, I don't know how to do this. And, you know, honestly, Troy, a lot of what we do is try to demystify that. We try to take away, you know, all the whole, all the, like, the, there's some fear, there's hesitation. And, um, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of what we do is experience, meaning we spend a lot of time in the woods and we spend a lot of time in conversation and in teaching and intentionality. Um, but all of those are just relational contexts. They are all like, don't like they, uh, like we, a lot of times we have really good food, guys like food and you know, we can sit around and have a meal and there's no agenda and we can build relational context because it kind of feels like if you have relational context, all of the other stuff, the intentional conversation, the, you know, a young man asking an older man about his fears or his story, all of that fits inside a relational context. Um, and so I would say, you know, the ways that we, you know, we try to, we try to just get them all in the same room with good food and a good experience. Um, that's why, I mean, one of our major contexts is fly fishing, where you can stand in the water and fish and not talk about a thing, or you can talk about the deep things of life. And so those relationships are built over weeks where there's finally, you know, a super, super important, you know, topic that a, guy, a young man might want to bring to an older man and go on, hey, I don't know about what I'm called to do. I don't know what job I'm supposed to get. I don't know what, you know, town I'm supposed to live in, what girl I'm supposed to marry. Like the big, the big question. But those big questions can be asked within the relational context. Um, and that's what we really like to provide. I mean, it really is a platform um, for younger men and older men and women to really kind of come together and be able to share. Um, and I would say also uh, one of the things that we push our, um, our older guides to do, and we're intentional with this during the program, um, where every, you know, there's a night every week that an older man or woman comes in and shares their story. Um, every week. So let's see, outside of the wilderness trips, that's probably eight or nine weeks where we have story. 
Um, and I, I think um, that's super important because um, we really press our guys to be vulnerable about kind of their failures, their successes. I mean, because, I mean, we have guys that you would look at and be like, oh, they have this great family and they're, they have this great business or whatever. But then you hear what it took to get there, um, you know, and that really kind of just breaks down, you know, some of that just barrier between the two generations where an older man can say, yeah, great. I, this may be what my life looks right now, but when I was 20, I was blowing it. And this is, this is where my faith was. And a younger man can go, that's where I am. Mm-hmm. I have similar, I have a similar, your, your story is similar to mine. And at that connection point, there's the, the trust that is built there is a foundation that future conversations can be built off of. Yeah, it sounds, we have, like I said before, go ahead. It sounds like the vulnerability piece is sort of a bit, is a glue. Um, yeah. Meaning if, if you present yourself as this sort of unobtainable entity, the mysticism continues, the distance continues, and there's not this relatability. Um, like, right. like I can, I can see stairs from here to where you are. It's just, I'm here, you know, you're there. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That's totally right. Yeah. There, I mean, both generations have assumptions of the other and the, the hope is that you can build in experiences that break down those assumptions. Yeah. And, so- uh, so let me go to the, the last question I want to cover with you, and you, you've answered a lot of it, and, and that's what you think is like a – I'll ask it this way. <clears throat> with all that you do with your, the young men and have done over the 12 years, what part of it have you found the, the young men have been – you've gotten most like, wow, that was, that was amazing. Like that was what right. I needed. That was the most helpful. Like, what feedback have you had? You know, through those years of particular events or or environments or whatever that was most helpful. Sure. You know, most of them, most of those ex- experiences um, for me, every summer and every time we graduate a class, um, the most impactful stories always come from probably some of the most unorthodox ways. Um, or even not necessarily by mistake, but just things that like you, um, I don't know. It feels like Jesus was similar. Like he have you look one way and he do a miracle on the, you know, the other way. Like there's this, there's this things that happen on an individual basis for a young man that like change lives. Um, you know, they, they come out of intentional experiences, but I mean, they, they kind of always surprise us and surprise the young man. Um, and so like, um, uh, let me think of some good examples of, uh, so a, a great example is this. So, um, yeah, the movie Apollo 13, Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, uh, Bill Paxton, they, you know, there's the scene where they're in the simulator and, you know, they're getting ready to go into space, but they're going through different situations. Um, you know, and there's the, uh, the other guys outside that are kind of throwing them different situations they have to figure out. You know, uh, but they're spending hours and hours in, in a simulator. Um, and the whole purpose of the simulator is that so when it's real time, they know how to handle it. And um, that's very similar to what we do, where we're always trying to build a place that guys can kind of experience the real world, but they can come back and get feedback 
um, and process. Um, and so most of where we see the changes in guys taking risks in real life situations, like whether it's with work, like work is a big context for us. Obviously guys are doing it 40 hours a week, but like how they deal with boss, like, I mean, I don't know. We, we don't necessarily look for like the most kind bosses. I mean, we have guys that work at a plant nursery and other construction sites and things like that. But, you know, whether it's conflict, um, conflict is a big, like, uh, like training area where if a boss is hard on one of our guys and our guys have to wrestle with the idea of like, well, did I fail him? Do I engage him? Do I step back in? You know, and so what they do is they come back to the training ground house. We chat through going, well, how did he make you feel? What do you want to do? Do you feel like you need to engage him? And then for them to kind of the next morning kind of just gird up all their confidence and step back into that relationship and go, you know, to kind of go toe-to-toe with their boss and say, hey, you know, this is how I'm motivated or like whatever, you know, creating a space that they can kind of take on that risk. Um, you know, there's even some, some ways even with girls. Some guys come in and they don't have any confidence with girls. And it's just a simple like, you know, they kind of come, they meet this girl and they kind of come back to the training house and we talk about it and we're like, hey, just ask her to coffee, you know. And it's in those really small steps of risk and victories. It's those baby victories to say, she said yes to coffee. And we're like, yes. And that was a really big move for that guy. Um, and on an individual basis, we want those guys to have those small building blocks of confidence because that, it, it, hopefully that, that template that they of like, here's the challenge, you know, here's the truth about the challenge. This is how I can move in to, to the risk. Like whatever that formula or template is, they can put that, you know, over similar situations when they step into the real world. Um, because they're going to have those challenges and they're going to need to figure out how to make those decisions and engage the risk and engage the tension. Um, so I'd say like most of those conversations we have with alumni that we're saying, um, you know, like, uh, you know, even in our first class, there was a guy that, you know, kind of got treated poorly by a coworker and he had to engage his fear of conflict and it eventually just goes back and finally engages the guy and there's a small victory. Like he would say that was a big, deal because he gained this confidence that he could take into, you know, relationships or situations in the future that would allow him to um, gain some confidence and get some victory. So I'd say for, you know, most of our guys, it's not, it's not, I mean, the direct teaching is, is priceless, but it's really in the, the individual experiences of the young men that really kind of launch them into the next season of life. Yeah, that's that's great. So, if people want to find out more uh, about your ministry, uh, where would they go? Yeah, yeah, trainingground.com. Um, got everything there. And even if you wanted to, we're kind of doing an event here in Colorado Springs, um, September 28th at the Broadmoor. Um, it's more of kind of like a intro to training ground deal, kind of nice dinner kind of thing. Um, you can find out about that on our website as well. Um, but yeah, all of our contact information is there. There's videos. We've got a video series that's topical that you can find on our website. Um, includes people like Gary Barklow and John Eldridge and Jan Myers Proet and some of our teachers. So you can kind of find out a little bit more of kind of the core of what we teach um, and kind of you know what our motivations and kind of central themes are. But that'd be a place to start. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Corey. It's been really fun. No problem. My pleasure. Hey, if you like the podcast and you want to show us some love, we're on Instagram at The Kindling Fire. If you've been encouraged and inspired by the show and you would like to know what else we've got going on, go to thekindlingfire.com. There you can join The Fire Starters, which is a Facebook Messenger community I let know first anytime I do anything. You can also get a book there called you can certainly do it, that I've written to really encourage you to take your first steps to really start the small fire that God's starting in your life. Uh, in addition to that, you can sign up for the seven-day Bible devotional, Become a Sign and Wonder. And as always, be awesome.